Hey y'all, you're listening to Crying and Trying, the podcast, the comprehensive guide for cultivating emotional intelligence in a fucked up world. This podcast focuses on how oppressive systems and the human experience interact and impact our mental health. As a disclaimer, I am not a licensed mental health care professional or an expert. I am just one human who has lived through the mental health experience, sharing my story and giving my advice. Please, if you or someone you know needs help, seek it out immediately by a professional. I will have hotlines, warm lines, and other support resources available in the show notes. All right. Hello, hello, my friends. Welcome back. It's me, your host, Lexi. And this is actually going to be the final episode of season three. Um, I have decided to take a little bit of a break, um, as I've been getting real burnt out, um, just in general lately. Um, I've had a lot of upheaval in my personal life, you know, deciding to pull back from stuff, um, that was really important to me because, of how situations were handled um and work has just been a fucking disaster so um I'm just exhausted all the time and like I I do love doing this show but when it starts to be something I dread working on I think that that's when it's time for me to take a break um and I honestly I mean with the exception of a few weeks here or there where I was behind or something came up I've been releasing episodes pretty consistently for about a year um a little above that and that's a lot to take on like you know um I am the only one doing uh things for this show I do have a friend who said that they were going to help and then they uh just ghosted me um so I and I have another friend who offered to help but it's just like people are busy. Shit takes a lot of time. It's hard to get our schedules to line up. Um, and so, you know, I'm still the only one doing all of the researching, the editing, the producing, the outreach, the social media. Um, and that's a lot. So I've decided that I'm going to take a break. I think I'm going to do, let me pull up a calendar. Cause I want to take a look. I at least want to take four weeks off for sure. One, two, three, four, yeah, so I think I'm going to do like five weeks. I'm going to come back um, the because there's five weeks in June this year, the way the calendar sits. Um, so I did want to come back and do some Pride episodes. I want to do some episodes on like trans, uh, have some trans people come on and talk about their experience um, with being trans in this country right now um, with all of the legislature that is out. Um specifically to harm trans people so I think I am going to take a break until the week of the June 23rd um I may be producing mini-sodes during this time I'm not gonna hold myself to it though I have a really hard time with um you know this podcast is in a really niche subject area um, and so, you know, I don't have a ton of listeners. As I've mentioned, I've lost my ad revenue and I have to hit a hundred monthly listeners in order to get that back. Um, and so like, I think that's also part of why I'm feeling so demotivated is like, I'm not making any money, even though I was making money before it, and it wasn't a lot, it was a cent per ad that played it was something, you know, I would see my, my ad revenue increase by a penny here and there. And like, and, and it, and it helped to keep me going, um, because of how much effort I'm putting into this. So I may have many soaps coming out again. I might do it bi-weekly. I might do it weekly. Um, just because I'm, I get so anxious about like not having content coming out. Like, if I'm not producing episodes, if it's not continuously popping up on people's feeds, they're going to forget about me. They're not going to come. They're not going to listen. I'm never going to get my ad revenue back. Um, 
And if that's the mindset that I'm operating under, like I just have to keep doing this because I don't have enough people listening, then then I'm not doing it for the right reasons. Um, so yeah, it really sucks that my ad revenue got pulled. Um, but I don't want that to destroy the show or or push me into burnout to the point where I start to um, you know, resent the show. So I've been thinking about it a lot. I've talked to a lot of people and I am going to take um you know, some time to recharge. And and part of the reason why I want um to do this break is because there's so many things that I have yet to do. I still don't have any of my episodes up on YouTube, which is where I was going to put captions um, so that it could be more accessible to the deaf and hard of hearing community or anybody with auditory processing issues. But it's just literally so overwhelming, like the amount of work that goes into creating one episode. Um, it's a lot um, because I I mean, I do have uh, neurodivergence. I talk in circles a lot of times. I repeat myself. I lose my train of thought. So I do actually have to do quite a bit of editing. So it ta- I can't just like record and post it. Um, I do a lot of cutting and, and changing segments and... Um, it's time consuming, especially when I have attention issues. And so like, I'm, um, you know, not, not completely focused the whole time. Um, so it it takes a little longer. So, you know, the, the break is to give me some time to recharge. It's to give me some time to, you know, get new episodes planned and, and set to go, but without the pressure of having to release episodes. So I'm going to use this time to really you know, try to get my YouTube channel up and running so I can get, um, you know, make my content more accessible. I really want to go back in and fix all the alt text on all of my posts because I haven't been great about that either. Um, so, and, you know, just doing some planning, like I have a lot of surveys I want to put out to try and get listener feedback and listener, um, involvement in the show. And it's just like, I, I'm so just spread thin. Um, So I'm hoping this will give me some time to recharge. I'll probably take another short break. um, Probably a little bit after my birthday, I would guess. Um, October is usually a pretty rough month for me. October, November. Um, So just kind of planning ahead to give myself that space. Um, But yeah, so anyway, welcome to the last episode of season three. I have had this topic in my outline sequence for since I started the show. Honestly, it was one of the first ideas that I had simply because um, analogies. So like uh, this episode is going to be about like analogies for mental health, but specifically plant analogies. Um, So like. um, So. This is something, you know, plant analogies for mental health is something that I have um, talked about a lot in my partial programs, a lot in support groups, which, oh God, I haven't been going to support groups and that's probably part of why I'm so burnt out. Note to self, um, try to make it to a support group. Okay. So, um, you know, I talked about these things a lot in those groups and it's just like analogies are a way to help me understand things and to wrap my brain around things more. Um, and you know, I, I think about like the analogies that my therapist used for like powerlifting when I first started seeing her, this was when I was really into powerlifting because my therapist was also, she did Olympic weightlifting and stuff. So she knew, the sport and was like, okay, so it's like, you know, you didn't deadlift 200 pounds the first time you deadlifted, right? And was like being, so like, you know, you're not going to be perfect at XYZ the first time, right? So like, I don't know, analogies just have been really helpful to me in the past. Um, And I figured with it being spring, um, that this was the perfect time to share some of these analogies because this is really, you know, people associate spring um as a time of growth and a time of change um 
and like this the fresh start of new things um so yeah um and you know i i've been thinking about doing this episode as i said for a while and just haven't gotten around to it because you know i felt like there were more important topics and more important things that we could talk about but sometimes we need to talk about the sillier the less like I don't know I don't I don't not not to say that this analogy episode isn't going to be important but I mean like some of the other ones I did like the autism acceptance month um you know that was all it had a purpose it had a reason like I'm doing this because I want to reduce the stigma and all that sort of stuff and this isn't really like you know, an episode where we're going to talk about solving problems or anything, but it's just another way to view things. And I, it has helped me personally a lot when I um, have been down on myself or blaming myself for the way that I'm feeling or what I'm experiencing. Um, so, you know, the first analogy that I like to think about is, um, you know, just the cycle of change that plants go through and like the seasons that we have. I mean, we, you see full, beautiful trees, um, you know, they've had blossoms, like their leaves are green, they're strong and healthy. And they, you know, they stand through the whole summer. And then when it starts to get colder and darker and the world is less, you know, hospitable towards the things in it, um, plants start to go dormant. They start to die for the season. They start to shed their leaves um you know and I think of that as like you know it's a time of transformation it's a time to to rid yourself of things that no longer serve you um and you know I think of humans were basically like just big plants when you think about it I mean like we um have the opposite like aerobic processes of plants so we um, take in oxygen and release carbon dioxide but plants take in carbon dioxide and release oxygen like they need sunlight and water for those purposes just like you know we need water to survive we also need sunlight um just like plants do not for the same reason but you know if that's a big part of why um people struggle with seasonal affective disorder um you know, there's less sunlight where, uh, it's dark when we wake up, it's dark when we leave work. Um, and there's, it's just, you're not, it's colder. You're not outside as much. You're not getting the vitamin D from the sun exposure that you normally would. Um, and so like, it makes sense that we would go through similar cycles to plants. We are just as affected by, um, the sun and the weather and the seasons as everything else is. Um, but, you know, people always talk about fall as like a time to like, you know, the trees are are shedding their leaves and, you know, they change colors before they do this. So there's a lot of change that they're going through. And then they're exposed and they're vulnerable all winter and they just take things easy. And then it's just like, you know, when it's springtime and everything is blossoming and, you know, there's more color outside and it just smells nice. It's just, I don't know. It's, you know, spring just feels like a time for growth and change and progress. Um, so, you know, there's, there's that analogy that you can always go back to, right? You can be like, you know, it's just like I'm, it's, um, I feel like I'm struggling to be uh, coherent right now. Um, so, you know, we can, uh, attribute, we can look at, you know, the, the change of seasons and the life cycle of plants, um, as an analogy for our own mental health, you know, like we are going to go through cycles, not, it's not always going to be pretty and, and rosy and filled with bright colors. Like sometimes things are going to be dull and sometimes things are going to be lifeless and sometimes things are going to be slow. And sometimes we're going to need to conserve our energy. 
And, you know, other times we'll, we'll have bursts of energy and we'll be full of life and full of color and full of, you know, that spark and that it's okay to go through these ebbs and flows, you know, like the trees don't panic every fall when they start to lose their leaves, you know, they're trees, they don't have emotions and feelings. They may, we don't know. Um, but you know, like they don't get upset. Like, oh no, like I'm losing my leaves. Oh no, I'm going to be less productive. I'm it's, it's winter. Like I'm not going to have any leaves. I'm not going to be able to grow. Um, it's just part of the cycle. And so I think like being able to acknowledge that and be like, yeah, you know, we go through this cycle and things change and, and, and to just try to go with that instead of fighting it, um, I think has been really helpful for me. The other analogy that I really like to use is just my experience with gardening and like with taking care of houseplants. Um, because, you know, I, I started out with one plant and now I have so many. I also thought that I couldn't do gardening. I had failed. I had killed a few plants previously in my life. Um, I was like, yeah, it's not for me. I'm not going to be good at it. And so I just never tried. Um, but I tried it and, you know, I haven't been perfect. I have a lot of plants that I've killed and I've actually have a, um, an album on my phone. Cause I have an app that I use for tracking a bunch of stuff for my plants. Um, and I, um, you know, it shows me all the plants that are in my graveyard that have died. So I can like see what I've, and I've killed a lot um, and you know, it was really sad the first few times that I lost a plant and I almost wanted to give up, but you know, I didn't, I got another one and I tried again. And, um, you know, here I am and my house is full of green and, you know, my plants are like some solace that I am able to have, um, in my day to day. Um, so, you know, there's the, there's the willingness to keep trying, the willingness to fail and to try again. Um, and you know, I can do that with plants. Why can't I do that with other things? Um, you know, it's also taught me a lot about patience. Um, a lot of plants take a long time to grow, especially if you're starting from a seed. Um, still not very good at that. I am good at taking established plants and keeping them alive, starting a plant from scratch, not so much. Um, so, you know, it's taught me to be really patient. I have a bunch of snake plants. Um, snake plants are notoriously grow slow growing. And I finally, I've had these cuttings for a year, sitting in water for a year. And, um, they finally just started growing new leaves, but it took a year. A year. That's so long for any little change, any little growth. But you know, as soon as I started seeing that growth, I was so excited. I was so excited. It was so gratifying to see like, yes, there's finally new leaves. Um, another plant that I had to be really, really patient with was my avocado pits. Um, so if you try to grow an avocado plant from pits, um, you know, the pits haven't been fertilized. They're just seeds. They'll still grow a plant, but it's not going to fruit any avocados, um, which I'm totally fine with because like I said, I have a hard time which I'm totally fine with because like I said, I have a hard time, um, you know, keeping plants alive from the beginning. Um, but I have a ton of avocado pits and it takes so fucking long for them to root. I had one pit that, um, I had for over eight months before it started to root. Um, and I think part of the reason it wasn't rooting is I didn't have it in the right setup. Um, 
but it also may have just been a really slow rooting pit. I mean, I also I still have I all my pits and a bunch of them did root much faster. Um, but what's interesting too is, you know, the avocado pits are wrapped in moist paper towels, put in a plastic bag that is sealed, and then put in a dark cabinet. That is what the avocado pits need in order to grow. However, any of my cuttings, any of the propagations that I have, you know, those need sunlight. Those need fresh water. I mean, you can also do it in soil, but I've had more success um, growing uh, cuttings in water. Um, that's very different from what the avocado pit needs. Um, you know, I also have some plants that, okay, so I'm getting off track, but, um, patience, you know, it requires a lot of patience to grow these plants, just like it requires a lot of patience to, to heal from trauma and to grow and to develop new habits and to, um, you know, just change anything about yourself and improve on anything it's going to take time it's going to take patience and I have shown that I have that patience you know I can do it for my plants I can do it for me I know that growth takes a long time I know that for growth you need the right conditions I know that you need love and attention and and time um you know that's the other thing I have so many different plants in this house and they all need different things some need a lot of light. Some actually need very minimal light. Too much light will sunburn them. Some need to be misted. Some need low humidity. Some need very high humidity. Some need to be fertilized more frequently. Some need their leaves wiped down. Um, you know, there's always, and that's the thing. Like, you know, I recognize that all of these plants are different. And they're all going to need different things. But even the same plant, the type of care that you give to it changes throughout the year. Just like humans, you are not going to be doing the same things for yourself all the time, right? Like it makes sense that things will change as, as your environment changes, as your circumstances change. The way that you take care of yourself and what you need to take care of yourself may change over time. That's just how things are. And, you know, seeing that with my plants that like, you know, in the summer, I have to change out my propagation stations. I have to change the water every two to three days, where in the winter, I could go up to two weeks before I changed it because there's not as much sun, you know, there's not as much algae growing in them. Um, they aren't taking up as much carbon dioxide um because it's winter and everything in them is slowing down um so they need different things at different times the other analogy that I like to think of with this is you know it's not the plant's fault it's not growing if a plant is not growing or if a plant is unhealthy we don't just like throw it away oh well this is a bad plant this plant can't grow this plant sucks gotta throw it out. No, you, you figure out what's making it not grow. You know, there's a lot of critical thinking. There's a lot of problem solving that goes into gardening and taking care of plants. And, um, you know, the same thing when it comes to taking care of your mental health, you know, like, um, oh, okay. So we'll cut here with the patience thing. Um, you know, there's also some plants that go dormant. They look like they have died and then they aren't actually dead and they do, uh, you know, sprout again, come around spring. You know, I'm thinking of my oxalis does this. Um, I had, honestly, I, I don't even remember what the other ones are, but there was something like a, a plant, because I try to reuse all my soil, like you can um, add more nutrients to it and like, um you know, so you can reuse it, you can sterilize it and kill all the contaminants and everything. So like I keep all my dead plants, I put them outside. And then like I put all the soil in a bucket 
um, in the summer, let it bake in the sun to sterilize it. And then like you can fertilize it and reuse that. Um, but, you know, I put some plants outside and I was like, they're dead. But I didn't, you know, take them out. I didn't remove the root system. And then like they started sprouting. Like it got warm and, you know, I saw some green in the pot and I was like, what the fuck? What is this? So like even plants that look like they're dead, look like they're gone, like can still come back stronger than ever. So like, you know, you have nothing in your pot. There's nothing there, but then you can still surprise people and, you know, break out of that shell, break out of the darkness and come back to life. Um, you know, so, you know, if a plant's struggling, if it's not doing well, we don't blame the plant. We don't, um, you know, make the plant think that it's the problem. We, we figure out what it needs. We're assessing, um, its environment. We are assessing its care plan, its care schedule. We are assessing, um, you know, the weather, like, has there been, has it been exceptionally hot lately and it's underwatered? Like, you know, there's a lot of recent and time and research and and thought that goes into diagnosing a plant problem just like there is when it comes to diagnosing and taking care of your own mental health um you know it's also trial and error like you know I've I have an app that does tell me you know like how much sunlight stuff needs and and how it helps me with my care schedule but like you know I'll put something in a room and it starts wilting. And so I'm like, fuck, like, maybe it's that there's too much sunlight, or maybe there's not enough sunlight, or maybe, you know, I'm not watering it properly. You know, it also, sometimes, you know, you do too much. Sometimes you water a plant too much, and it starts to get root rot. Um, and then you have to fix that. You have to, like, you know, go back to basics. You have to you know, dig real deep. You have to get rid of the things that no longer serve the plant, you know, take the dead roots, the mushy roots and remove them. And then you have to give it time to recover. Um, you know, right now. And, you know, I think about that with, so like I had plants that were not doing well. So I'll just talk you through this. I had, um, pothos plants, which are literally like the easiest plants to take care of. They need very minimal attention, you know, like water once every week or so, minimal sunlight, and they just grow like weeds. Um, and I noticed that my leaves were turning yellow and getting like really wrinkly almost, like they looked um just like they were not happy. But I was taking care of them properly, like they'd been doing fine. Um, I hadn't moved them in like a year. And I noticed they had some white powder on the leaves. And so, you know, I started wiping it off and then it would it'd keep coming back. And so, you know, I thought it was um, mildewy, mildew. Um, and so I tried to get rid of it that way. And then Alex went and looked. So I, you know, I'm the plant expert. I'm the one that takes care of them. And I couldn't figure out what was wrong. And Alex saw that they were actually little white bugs that leave behind a uh, fluffy, like, uh, residue that looks like mildew they're mealy bugs um and they're basically like plant vampires they literally like um hide at like the base of stems and at the base of leaves where there's the most nutrients and they suck the nutrients out of the plant um so it's um you know like they're a pest and they're invasive and you know, so I noticed that they were struggling and now I've had to take a lot of different steps. I've had to do some interventions to try and save the plant. Like, and I have multiple that are infested right now. So, you know, I had to do a lot of research. I had to, um, you know, buy some new materials. I had to get a pesticide. Um, you know, I was manually cleaning them every day with, uh, like a diluted alcohol solution and cotton swabs to like go and kill each and every bug, um, and like swipe their eggs away. And, you know, I was doing that for like a week and it, nothing was working and I'm getting more frustrated and, and, you know, I, I see so many parallels, you know, like, you, you, you know, something's wrong with your mental health. You've like pinpointed the trigger or the issue or like, you know, this is what's happening. And then, you know, you start to take action to try to change. 
those things. And, you know, when you do one thing and everybody online says it's going to work and it doesn't work. So then you try another thing and, you know, that doesn't work either. And so you keep trying and eventually you find the fit for that specific plant that works or for your specific mental health crisis or concern that works. Um, And, you know, the solution that works this time may not work next time. The solution that works for this plant may not work for another plant with the same issue. Just like, you know, the the coping strategies and, and the therapies that you use may be different from now to months from now, maybe different between you and someone else. Um, and so I think, you know, gardening has enabled me to really see the, um, the parallels between my mental health journey and like my, my journey as a gardener as well. So, you know, with these pathos plants, I did end up, I got neem oil, um, which is a, an organic pesticide. So, you know, I sprayed them with that. I, uh, quarantined them. I'm manually trying to clean the, the pests away and they kept coming back and the plant just kept looking worse like you can see divots along the stems where they've just sucked the nutrients away you know like and it just looks so sad and withered and so you know I needed a really fresh start for them I literally I just repotted them a few weeks ago but I had to go repot them again I also like washed them all. I ran so much water over the plants to rinse all these bugs away, including the roots. So I got rid of all the soil. I soaked them all in water. You know, I tried to cleanse them as much as I could. I got new pots. Well, not new ones, but new for these plants. I went and washed them with soap and water to make sure any of the contaminants were gone. And I repotted them. And so, you know, I did that on Saturday. It's now, um, the day I'm recording is Wednesday. And like, Again, I am struck with, you know, needing patience. I really want to fucking water these pothos plants. And because they look so sad, they are so wilty, they are so droopy. But after you repot a plant, um, you know, it's a big shock for its root system. Like if you think about uprooting a human from the environment that they're used to and moving them to a new one it's not an easy change it's not an easy transition like it takes time to acclimate to a new environment and plants are no different um so you know in the process of repotting them and cleaning them and trying to free them of these pesticides um it can damage some of the roots um and you know that's going to affect the overall plant health so if I repot and then immediately water them, you know, the roots have a bigger chance of getting waterlogged. You have a bigger chance of getting root rot. You have a bigger chance of shocking your plant even more and actually making it not able to grow. Um, So, you know, everything in me is screaming that I need to water these plants because I'm seeing these symptoms and these signs that they, the plant needs water. Just like, you know, you can see symptoms and signs in uh, your mental health that you need a new intervention or you need to change something or you need to implement something else. And sometimes you feel like you need to do that, but you actually don't. Sometimes you just need to give yourself some time to acclimate just like the plants need time to acclimate, you know, like if you try to do too much at once, you're going to overwhelm yourself. If I try to do too much at once with these plants, I'm going to overwhelm them. I'm going to put them into shock and they're not going to recover from it. Um, we're no different. You know, you, you want to try one thing at a time. You don't want to overload yourself. You don't want to change too many variables at once because it's an overwhelm for your system. So, you know, even though everything in me is telling me I need to water these plants, I know I need to wait a few more days. You know, I have to give the roots time to recover. I have to give the plant some time to establish itself in its new soil. And um, before I start watering it, because that's another shock to the plant. You know, and I, I like to think about, you know, when I lost my job last summer, I didn't do anything for about a month. I was in shock. And there was a lot that I was trying to process and handle. And so had I tried to, you know, start a new job and 
and do all this sort of stuff, it would have been an overload for me. So I took time to adjust and then I started implementing changes slowly. And some of the changes don't work. You know, some of the changes cause my leaves to wilt, cause me to, you know, drop a leaf here and there. Um, and some of the things do work just like with, it's, it's a lot of trial and error. It's a lot of trying something, seeing what happens, experimenting, and then adjusting accordingly. Um, you know, just like I, you don't have the right answers, like all the time with anything. You know, the other thing I think about is everything is salvageable. Um, you know, a lot of plants I have pretty much killed, but I've been able to get some cuttings off of them and still have that plant in my house. You know, I had a philodendron that had really bad root rot and I cut a few cuttings um, and started propagating them. And so, you know, while I don't have the original plant and, you know, I lost it, you know, I lost, you know, kind of like, you know, part of yourself that you're losing, um, you know, going through growth, shedding the things that don't serve you anymore but you still have some part of that, you know, from you have some parts of your past self, you have some parts of past versions of you. But yeah, that past version of you may be dead now, but I still have a part of that with me. Just like I still have a part of those dead plants in my house, you know, they just started a new life or they've, uh, they look a little different and they're in a different environment. Um, so again, I feel like I say this constantly, but I feel like that was a little all over the place. And, you know, I, I, I'm, I was struggling to figure out what I wanted to talk about today. Usually there's things that just hit me and I'm like, yes, this is what I want to talk about. And, um, that wasn't the case today. Um, so, you know, you know, I'm also thinking about the type of things that we, we give to our plants like you make we I make sure that the the water is filtered so that it's clean water for them you know I make sure that um I think the biggest takeaway from this you know is that like the life cycle of a plant isn't always linear um the life cycle of gardening isn't linear you know you're going to run into problems and and pests and you know challenges and you're going to need to change your strategies and maybe change locations of things um and so a few more things that I like to think about are you know every plant has weeds pests you know you have to be really mindful of removing those things we can equivocate those to like toxic thoughts or toxic people or toxic habits you know things that don't serve you things that are detrimental to your growth and we have to be mindful of that you know just like I was mindful of the mealy bugs and needing to remove those um you know if I wasn't paying close attention to my plants I wouldn't have even noticed that they were there so it's the the close attention and the the focus that I have on them and then also the willingness to do something about it and be consistent about that just like we have to be with our mental health like if you're not being introspective if you're not paying attention you can miss a lot of signs and a lot of problems and a lot of things that you know could be done differently to better um suit the plant or better suit your needs you know um also just thinking about, you know, if I was having a rough week and I wasn't taking care of my plants, well, they'd all start to look really sad and withered and, and neglected. And, you know, it's just like, we need to make sure that we are, um, you know, nourishing ourselves and, and taking care of ourselves. We want to make sure that, um, you know, we are, being mindful about the media that we consume, about the conversations we are a part of, about, um, you know, the communities that we're involved in, um, and how we choose to take care of ourselves, because that is going to directly impact how we're feeling. Our environment is so integral and tied to our growth as humans 
And I think that a lot of us tend to forget that, you know, when I think when we talk about mental health in the broader sphere, um, you know, people talk about mental health problems with mass shootings and, and it always comes into the topic that, you know, this, this mass shooter was mentally unwell, or if we're thinking about Jordan Neely, rest in peace, um, the, the homeless man, um, the homeless black man who was murdered on a subway in New York city, um, you know, that his meltdown quote unquote that he had on this train that resulted in his death that resulted in people thinking that they could fucking murder him and it's disgusting um people are blaming it on mental health and and ignoring the fact that his environment and the situation that he was forced into will directly impact everything about his life including his mental health he had no consistent source of food no consistent source of water no safe place to sleep so obviously he's agitated and obviously he's upset and you know it's really easy to go and blame his behavior and his reaction on his mental health but like is it really his fault that he was not getting his needs met not necessarily a lot of people will say it is it's his fault he was homeless and it's his fault that he was whatever and that's also not the case you know you know we look at society and it is set up for poverty like capitalism needs poverty and poor houseless people in order to survive um so obviously you know he's going to be hungry and he's going to be pissed off about it and you know he has a right to to yell and be upset and because you know what he doesn't have a house or a place of privacy where he's allowed to do that you know the public is his home and so he he was processing what was happening in it and it led to his death um and yet people still blame it on his mental health when mental health and you know maybe that was part of what was happening but that his mental health in that moment was directly impacted by the environment in which he was living in um, and not everything about that environment is in his control. Um, you know, I, I want to do um, more episodes on, you know, the housing crisis and um, just, you know, how mental health is used as a scapegoat for all of society's problems. And that just further stigmatizes things and and makes it harder for people who are doing mental health advocacy and really trying to make a difference in that sphere because you know we all have mental health and we all have bad mental health days and we have days where we struggle um but to just blame all of society's problems on like mental health problems is so backwards you know i have cptsd depression anxiety um and i've never once thought about harming another human in that way about getting a gun and going and doing a mass shooting or you know any number of things so a lot of the rhetoric you see is like people people with mental health problems are dangerous and yes yeah, some may be but the vast majority of people with mental health struggles are not dangerous and you know that is because a lot of people have mental health struggles even if you don't have a diagnosis every single human on this planet will struggle with their mental health at some point you're going to have a loss you're going to lose your job you're going to lose a family member you're going to like have a pet that you lose or you know whatever like there's some sort of tragedy there's something that is going to make you not be in your best headspace and if you wouldn't want your worst moments held against you and to be the 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 only thing that people associate you with and why do we do that with other people you know why do we say oh they had mental health problems and that was why they did this we know it's not as black and white as that and even if it is um the problem uh, uh that their mental health was the reason that a tragedy occurred like why are we still putting the onus on that individual when society has done next to nothing to positively impact the mental health of its citizens? Um, you know, if we had reliable housing, food, water, 
health care, mental health care, a lot of the problems and the crime and the devastation that we see would fix themselves. Crime and, and, and problems stem from basic needs not being met. And that is true no matter where you look at these things. It all comes back to basic needs not being met. Like that is why you see more crime in um, historically black neighborhoods or neighborhoods that are um, predominantly people of color because resources are put into places where there are mostly white people. Resources are put towards uh, the communities that are deemed better, uh, AKA whiter, more uh in the mainstream, like having the social capital. So black neighborhoods, you know, um, any non-predominantly white neighborhood doesn't get as much funding, does not get as much resources, does not have as many schools. Um, so when people don't have resources available to them to help meet their basic needs, you know, crime and chaos ensue. And Again, I'm 100% totally simplifying this. I'm not an expert on this stuff. You know, I, I, I don't ever claim to be, but it is a pattern that you can see if you analyze and look at these issues anywhere. Like, it's tied to gentrification and stuff too. It's like, you know, people associate bad neighborhoods with like, neighborhoods that have a lot of crime and neighborhoods that have a lot of crime are associated with like black people and brown people and like the druggies and the and the crackheads and all of these derogatory terms that we only apply to poor um you know diverse neighborhoods um so yeah that was that end was a little tangency tangenty i'll get off the soapbox now um but yeah, I mean, I urge you to see if there's some analogies that help you to um, reevaluate how you approach your mental health care. You know, when something isn't going right, when I am struggling and I'm not feeling well, um, original thought is to be like, oh, I'm bad. I'm, I'm, I'm broken. Something's wrong with me. But, you know, do I look to my environment? Do I look to... Uh, work is work super stressful is um you know am I giving myself the proper nutrients that I need am I giving myself the proper rest am I giving myself the amount of socialization I need like am I really taking care of myself and meeting all my needs if I were a plant what would I need to grow as strong and as healthy and, and as independent and as strong as I can um you know, maybe these analogies don't help you either. If you're like, this is stupid, what are you talking about? Then don't use the analogies, you know, find some that work for you. And if analogies don't work for you, then that's great too. But, you know, for a lot of people, I do think um, having more concrete examples of things helps to um, apply those same principles and, and um, thoughts to more abstract things like mental health and and our feelings. Um, yeah, I don't know. So this was, again, all over the place. As I've mentioned many times in many episodes, I haven't been as good about planning and things have been more off the cuff. And I do attribute that to me being burnt out and overwhelmed with everything. Um, so I am sad to say that I will not be seeing you, uh, seeing you. I know I'm not actually seeing any, but I'm not going to be releasing any new episodes for about five weeks, five or six weeks. Um, I will be back on June 23rd with um, some pride themed episodes, hopefully. Um, I'm still going to be active on social media. I'm going to be trying to get my YouTube channel up and running. So, um... You know, I really hope to come back stronger than ever with season four. Um, if you'd like to be included or have some feedback, you know, you can always send in voice messages. You can send me DMs. You can um, send us an email. Um, if you have suggestions for episodes, like I'd love to hear it. I do have a bunch of stuff planned out and it's just a matter of, you know, 
scheduling time with the people I want to interview and, and doing the research appropriately. So I, I hope that this time is restful for me. I acknowledge that it's going to be hard um, because I'm going to feel pressured to put out episodes and like I need to keep producing. But, um, you know, I'm I am just like a plant. I need time to rest and to be still before I can do some more growing and some more work. So I'm taking my my dormancy period for the next few weeks. Um to do some internal work and then we'll be back at the end of June. Um, so with that, keep trying to get through the Menti bees and crying in your shovies and I'll see you guys in a month. Thanks for joining. Bye. Thanks for joining for another episode. You can find the podcast on social media on Instagram at crying and trying underscore pod on Facebook at crying and trying pod and on Twitter at crying underscore trying underscore pod. You can also find me personally on Instagram at Lex underscore G O N underscore give it to you. And that is the number two. If you'd like to email us, our email address is crying and trying pod at gmail.com. Feel free to send us questions, comments, episode suggestions, or any other feedback you have. I truly love interacting with the listeners, and your input is vital to helping the show grow. If you know anybody who would benefit by listening, or who could even be a great guest, please share the podcast with them. The best ways to help a small independent podcast grow is to rate, review, and subscribe so other listeners can find us. You can also help by liking, commenting, and sharing our posts on social media to help grow the community. If you'd like to support the show with a small monthly donation, you can do so on our podcast page. This is just a placeholder until I'm able to get our Patreon up and running, but every small donation is appreciated. I'm also a proud member of the PodPros community and utilize PodMatch to connect with many amazing guests. This podcast is researched, produced, and edited by me, Lexi Hamsmith, using Anchor by Spotify.